I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we're going to talk about paying off debt, trying to get debt free, or you know, just kind of some strategies around managing debt. And, you know, it's a topic for me that I definitely pay attention to after just getting out of college a few years ago and, and getting into different stages of life. We'll be bringing on some debt. So hopefully our guest today, Adam Pfeiffer, will provide some input and maybe some strategies we can use. But as I mentioned, Adam Pfeiffer is with us. He's a Lutz tax manager. So Adam, if you could give us a little introduction and, and you know, tell us what you do here at Lutz and maybe why we're talking to you about debt, that'd be great. All right. Well, thanks, Jack. So I am a CPA, so I have about 13 years of public and private Mm -hmm. accounting experience. So a little bit kind of a mix of both, which is a little bit unique, I would say, for someone who's still in public accounting, you know, at my age, I would say. So you saw the private side and you came back or how'd that work? I did. So I started in public, went private for a few years and then came back. Wow. So that's probably really unusual. Yeah, I was going to say couldn't get enough of the abuse, huh? (laughs) I'm a glutton for punishment, (laughs) you could say. I guess. But my focus mainly here at Lutz is helping our clients, you know, tax compliance work, tax consulting, and tax planning. That's what I spend most of my time on, but I also, you know, help internally to, you know, training our staff on the technical, complex tax matters that we kind of face every day here. Sure. Yeah. I know the other day you were mentioning to me that, you know, really any kind of weird, crazy, fun project, you typically get saddled with that, which is, which is good to hear. Yeah. People tend to come to me with some unique challenges, but that's what I like to do. And that's probably why I'm still here in public accounting. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, clearly that shows that you know how to, or, and hopefully like to solve problems, right? Especially unique ones. Yeah. And that's what we do here. I mean, clients come to us with, you know, challenges that they're facing every day and we try to help them out. I mean, that's, that's what we do. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk to you here in this this topic, I guess, but more just in general, having you on the podcast. Today, we're talking about debt, right? What what debt is, you know, some ways that people find themselves in debt and, and maybe some strategies they can utilize to get out of debt. So I guess first, if you don't mind, can you give me a little background on, did you, you know, did you, did you have to go into debt to go to school? Did you have, I mean, if you could give us a little Im- or a picture of kind of what you've experienced and maybe... Uh, ways that you've tried to get out of it or, or things that you found later in life that have put you maybe more in debt. And I can give my personal examples too, if you don't mind. Well, I was fortunate enough that I didn't personally go into debt to go to school. You know, I had some scholarships, which helped. And then my parents also, you know, they made a priori- made it a priority not to burden sure. myself and my siblings with debt when we graduated from college, awesome. which was very, you know, forward thinking of them. Yeah. And so I was fortunate to graduate without debt. That's awesome. I mean, obviously, I worked during college, too, to help out, but that was a big benefit. I would say my main experience with debt has kind of been in, you know, the mortgage world, you know, buying a house for the first time a few years back, Mm -hmm. and then also, you know, having, you know, vehicle loans. So that's been my main experience with debt. How about you? Well, so I I left college with some debt, with some some student loans, which, you know, it's so I've got two siblings and I'm sure, you know, that tends to, uh, you know, that that tends to kind of rack up the debt, I guess, in that in that realm. And then also not only, you know, financial debt, but I'm sure I left some psychological debt to my parents, too. So I'm sure I caused them some headaches. But no, I, I took out, you know, student loans for college and then. 
bought a car with a with a car loan right after college as well. And then, you know, I'm I'm just about to get into the world of a mortgage. Not quite there yet, still renting, but at some point here in the next year or two. I get married this December and then I'm sure we'll be we'll be on the market. Hopefully things maybe change in the market. I'm sure that won't happen. But so I've been, you know, but 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 my student debt though is is a like I was just telling you, is a I think it's like three percent interest. So it's a really low interest rate. And so that's been relatively easy to manage. And they've been, you know, pushing off the payment requirements for the last two years or so, which is a perfect time to pay off principal. So I don't know if you have any input then on specifically mortgage or, or car loans or kind of what your perspective is on debt. I'm sure I'm sure it has something to do with maybe taxes or, or leveraging that for tax benefits, but I'm curious what you think. Well, I think with any debt, you have to consider, you know, first, before you go into debt in the first place is, does this make sense mm-hmm. to take on this debt? You know, what's it going to do to me? And right. so I think the first thing before you, you know, take it on is say, well, one, what's my income coming in? Mm-hmm. And then two, can I pay these debts as they come due? Right. And three, what's the interest rate? What what else am I giving up other than just the the fair value of whatever I'm receiving? Right. right. Because, you know, in general, a debt's just an obligation to repay, you know, someone for something else they've given you. Yep. Right. So... You know, like we talked about, usually we're thinking about auto loans, we're thinking about student loans, we're thinking about mortgages, credit cards, mm-hmm. obviously. And each one of those, you know, really has different benefits tied to it. So I think first you have to think about what is the benefit I'm gaining from taking on this debt, mm-hmm. right? So if we think about just your student loan, what did you gain by taking on that that debt? A lot of friends, a bit of a drinking habit. No, I, you know, ultimately it's the education, right? And the payoff that came from that. And, and so I'm sure you could, you know, me personally look back and say, well, gosh, maybe if I would have not gone to school and not saddled myself with some debt and maybe just gone into the workforce, who knows? But I think then you got to imagine you put a bit more of a ceiling on yourself in terms of your revenue or your income that you can potentially yeah, your cash earn. flow. Yeah. So, I mean, the education and, and the earnings potential, absolutely was a, a, a benefit, I think, to taking on that debt. Right. So, you know, at your low interest rate, the cost benefit analysis you did made sense. Yep. So yeah, it's hurting your future cash flow, but maybe you wouldn't have had that cash flow if you didn't take on that debt. Certainly. And then there's a small tax benefit too that the government gives you as long as your income's below a certain level that that interest you are paying on that debt. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of tax deduction. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, you know, not to get too far off topic, but any advice for someone that is, you know, just maybe just getting into college, maybe just before college or just after college that hasn't really taken on much debt yet is is wanting to get into the market for potentially a house or potentially a car or something and they don't have any really any credit built up. I mean, what are ways that you can, and not to get into a credit conversation, but it's all kind of tied together as it relates to debt. What are ways that you can build up that credit, I guess, without, you know, taking on stupid debt? Yeah, I think one of the things you can do is instead of paying everything with cash, I mean, the simplest thing is to get a credit card. Mm-hmm. You know, and as long as you're paying off your balance every month, there's no interest charge, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that builds your credit at the same time. So one thing I know people have done too is you can actually get a credit card starting out that's tied to your parents' account that can have caps and limits on it. So you do have a little bit of a backup plan or 
you know, you know, even when you're a teenager, if you have that card and it's just used once or twice and your parent pays on that, your name is still attached to that card, even though it's attached to their account overall. So I think that's one way Sure, you can kind of start early, you know, or have your kids start early mm-hmm. to start building that credit and then break off, you know, at a certain point when it makes sense and then pay your own credit card bill every month. Sure. I mean, the other things that build your credit, obviously, if you do take out a car loan, you know, that's going to build your credit, student loans build your credit, but the key thing is you got to pay it on time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't fall behind because that's going to negatively impact, you know, your credit or if you're carrying a high balance on your credit card every month, even if you're paying it off, if you're using, you know, let's say you have a thousand dollar credit line on your credit card. Well, if you're using $900 of that up every month, that's not good either for your credit. Right. It's kind of, you got to extend the lower end of your credit line and mm-hmm. then pay it off every month. I think are the keys. Yeah, don't they say, you know, it's like as long as you maintain less than like 30% utilization of your full credit line or all of your credit available to you, then it won't really negatively affect your your credit score. Yeah, there's some formula that I'm sure every credit agency has that does yeah. these calcs. Yeah, I've one of my buddies, he does lending in the agriculture world, and it's kind of incredible the – you know the the formula of of looking at someone's credit history and understanding that you know the picture it really draws of someone by just looking at their you know their their payment history or their you know they're they're looking at their books and you really get a good idea of of if someone's worthy of credit or not which obvious i mean that sounds like a duh thing to say but it's wild i think how accurate it is sometimes let's say get out of college you've got student loans you've got let's say you've got some credit card debt from college, and let's say, you know, you've got a got a car loan as well, and and you're trying to potentially maybe shop for a house or something. What would be kind of your first steps in terms of getting yourself calibrated and and, and understanding your debt position and and figuring out how to pay it off? Well, I think the first step is to kind of pick a financial plan. You know, you have to determine, okay, what am I making now? Mm-hmm. What do I project that I'm going to be making? You know, what do I need to you know, save just for regular recurring expenses. You know, what, do I, what am I paying in rent? Right. What am I paying for groceries? What am I paying for my car insurance? You know, take all that into account and then say, okay, here's the cash I have left over, you know, to pay down, you know, additional payments on this debt that I already have factored into this formula of my for sure outflows of cash mm-hmm. each month, okay? And then after paying down what's required, then analyzing what's left, and then what are the components of each of those debts. So if you have a credit card, obviously the key thing is you probably want to pay that off first because right. credit cards are generally going to have your highest interest rates. Yep. And you know they're going to impact your credit rating and approval. Mm-hmm. After that, I think it's kind of the same process if you have other debts, you know, which one makes sense to pay down first if you want to pay them down early. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like we were talking about earlier, with your student loan, does it even make sense to pay it down right. first? Right. Or could you use those funds better in another area? Mm-hmm. You know, whether you want to do a little bit of investing, you want to put more away from your monthly paycheck to retirement to get a jump on saving because you know that saving you know, generally it's going to hopefully earn more than 2.8% annually or whatever. Right. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah, obviously you got to understand your cash flow. So budget, create a budget, understand what you're, what you're left with at the end of the, 
end of the month in terms of cash and then prioritize based on interest rate. So lay out your debts on paper, right? And draw it out. One thing that Joe Donovan was telling me, uh, this would have been, I don't know, one of our first, was it our first podcast? Second podcast or something about budgeting. And he, you know, <laughs> the topic was budgeting. He said, well, I don't really budget. I'm like, okay, well, let's, we got to get somewhere, Joe. And he said, well, I, I just like to do a uh, quarterly, you know, quarterly analysis of his own worth, of his own wealth. Anyways, he looks at it, just takes his assets and liabilities and does a balance sheet for his own budget and says, okay, well, I'm, you know, my worth is increasing, my wealth is increasing, or I'm reducing my debt. And I was like, that's a very easy way to just kind of quarterly reset and make sure that you're moving at least in the right direction. Yeah, because I mean, in, in theory, that's right. Because if your worth is increasing, then you're saving more cash than you're receiving. Right. Right. Yep. You're paying down your debts. You're having your spending money. You're you know paying off required things, and you're still overall seeing growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I think it was this all goes back to in my mind. I mean, I've had you know, different conversations, whether it's about paying off debt, like we're talking about today, or, you know, different investment strategies, or investing in real estate, I mean, you can get grain or, you know, taking out an insurance policy, all kinds of topics that I've talked to multiple people about. But the number one thing that everyone mentions is, is have a budget, make sure you've got the cash flow to put it where it needs to go. Right. And so that was, I think, one of the best exercises I had to go through, right? When I graduated, I was moving out to Denver. And the cheapest apartment I could find was like 1200 bucks a month or 1100 bucks a month. And I was like, well, I was talking to my dad. And I was like, I have no idea. I was like, I don't know if I can afford that. He's like, neither do I. So sit down and figure out if you can afford it. I was like, you're right. Okay. All right. I will. So <laughs> creating a budget and figuring out that cash flow is a big one. And then being able to prioritize where you put that cash, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I think it all depends on your personality too. I mean, some people, they really have to have it all written out, out to the penalty and, and say, Hey, this is really dollars and cents what I have. And other people can kind of just think about it in their mind, maybe like Donovan does, yeah. and, say, and say, okay, you know, if this happens, then I'm fine. If this happens, then I'm not fine, and I got to adjust. Right. I mean, I, I had a former coworker, his uh, significant other, he had her budget down to the penny about what she could spend. And I was like, well, how does that impact your relationship? And he's like, um, well, it's fine. I was like, it doesn't feel like it's fine. Yeah. It feels like there's a little bit of a control issue there. Yeah. So I think you have to find a nice balance that fits, yeah. you know, your your lifestyle, your personality. You can't just, <laughs> you know, say, you know, so and so they do they do a budget and they do this, you know, every week and they lay it out and mm-hmm. that's the way to do it. I I think it's not a one size fits all approach. I think it really depends on your specific situation. Yeah, what you need to do. Now, if you've encountered some issues or trouble with budget with you know planning and your debts building i think that's the time to stop and say hey well maybe i do need to be more serious about this and have a more strict regimen about what i'm doing totally yeah which ultimately then i think comes down to a bit of a discipline thing right it's like anything else it's like you know i maybe don't need to step on the scale every day but when i look in the mirror and see a little bit more of a love handle i'm like okay Maybe I do need to go back to the calories, you know, and count them a bit more, right? <laughs> Same concept. You don't want to let it get away from you because it's easy to, especially if you get caught up in, you know, lifestyle creep and you start making more money and, but you're not saving more money or paying down your debts any faster. It's like, what happened? Well, it's because I'm, now I'm eating out more. I'm going to nicer restaurants or I decided to buy a new car. So, or an Amazon box shows up on your step every day. Yeah. That sounds a little personal. Does that happen? <laughs> just, just, 
every once in a while you see a few more pop up. Like, yeah. So do you use a budget? I mean, are you pretty diligent about budgeting or do you kind of follow the same method where it's like, ah, you generally have an idea of where your I would say I'm net worth is going the Joe Donovan camp. Where yeah. Just kind of in general, I kind of know what's coming in and what's going out. And if what's going out is more than it's coming, coming in mm-hmm. or credit card, you know, bills that are being paid off every month are a little bit larger than I would expect, then I kind of reevaluate and say, hey, what's going on? Does this make sense? What's, you know, what we're doing? How long have you been married, by the way? Oh, I've been married for a little bit over 10 years. Got it. Okay. So how was that? And and we're getting obviously down a different path instead of talking about debt, but whatever, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. How did you guys manage that conversation, the financial conversation right away? Well, I would say I'm probably more unique than other people because I married another accountant. Got it. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I don't, I don't know financial matters were ever a huge conversation. You know, my wife's Catholic. And so we went through the whole Catholic, you know, church yeah. procedures of getting married. And one of those things is you have to go, you know, to a whole day class or, you know, a nightly class over several weeks. And oh, yeah. one of the topics they broach is, you know, financial planning and finances, who's going to handle it. And I would say, you know, at the table we were at, our conversation was pretty much nothing. Whereas other you know, couples around the table, it was very serious and a lot more maybe heated. Well, I'm sure it was maybe the first time they were talking or about it. maybe the first time talking about it. So, again, it kind of, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. Yeah. Did your wife graduate with debt from college? Yes, she did. Got it. Okay. So, at least you, so you guys had to figure that out, at least. So, we at least had to figure out, yeah, student loans and yeah. prioritizing that yep. compared to other things. So we actually, I've got, I think it's called Maj or something. I think that's how you pronounce it. But we're... My fiance and I are having that. We have that day class here in about like four months, I think. I don't know why I looked at you, Brooke. You wouldn't know when I am scheduled for our our planning class. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm sure that's, you know, we went through and answered 155 question survey thing. And, you know, one of those was, was obviously talking about finances and making sure that you guys are on the same page about that. I think, so you two both probably had kind of a, an unspoken agreement on managing money, whereas... Me and my fiance, she she's basically like, you do it. And I'm like, that is fine. I'm good with that. I, I have no problem with that. So I think there's an equal agreement there, similar to, to your situation, but also very different. So, you know, but we'll have, you know, we'll have to manage some, some student debt as well. She's graduating from Creighton, which isn't the cheapest place to go to school, which is fine. But again, to your point about what that trade-off is, is, is it'll be it'll be worth it. So, so when you get told, you know, you do it, and when you get into this mm-hmm. and you have questions and maybe you don't know what to do or maybe she doesn't know what to do, what do you think the plan's going to be then? I guess elaborate on that. You know, it, like what, what situation would you be referring to? I guess, well, first off, we're both very similar in, in our approach to spending money, right? We don't spend a ton of it. I mean, I'm more of a go out to eat with friends, grab drinks, that kind of stuff. And that's where the money goes. Neither of us are big spenders and like, you know, have Amazon boxes showing up, which is nice. So we feel comfortable in that world and in, in being on the same page in terms of spending. But I guess what other... I mean, do you think you'd ever need or want to reach out to someone for professional advice on dealing with debt or... I mean, if you were going to look for help, where would you go? So that, well, and I was going to bring that up too, because it's kind of along the same lines of budgeting, but there's, there's a a software out there called you need a budget, which is 
it's kind of funny because I think you have to pay for it and it's supposed to help you budget. I'm like, okay, well, there's the first expense I think I'm going to cut is the you need a budget, right? There's, you know, we mentioned earlier Dave Ramsey. I think Dave Ramsey's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that listen to Dave Ramsey. I personally don't, but I know that his approach to paying off debt is an aggressive one, right? Basically treat it as the most important thing you can do financially until it's paid off. I don't know how reasonable or realistic that is all the time, but one thing about Dave Ramsey that I think that I, I don't know if it was exactly Dave Ramsey or, or another podcast, but podcasts are a great place, but was taking small wins, right? I recently, it had been six months ago, I was very close to paying off my car and I thought, well, you know, I could either do that or I could pay off a higher interest rate loan, but I was like, you know, I want the win. I want the small win of paying off my car, so I did that and I was like, that felt great. And then it's kind of compound that feeling into other debts and just, you know, trying to chase that high of paying off a debt too. So I think that's a that's one thing that I've I've gotten that I've really appreciated. But, you know, I, I think podcasts are a great source of education. Yeah, and I'm sure there's plenty of apps out there too that can kind of help, you know, if you're trying to set up a budget, you know, initially. I'm sure there's tons of apps out there or other tools and calculators that mm-hmm. can help you kind of identify you know, if I'm going to pay this off based on these terms I have right now, here's how long it's going to take me. Right. And then maybe help, and that can help you identify, like you said, quick win. You mm-hmm. know, oh, I can pay this one off, Yep. you know, within a year if I just step it up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. so then you're like, oh, all right, I'm making progress, which maybe that's more for the person that's really struggling. Yep. That, that takes that, you know, snowball approach of, hey, I got to get the ball rolling. Yep. Whereas maybe the person that's a little bit more, you know, I don't know, secure in what they're doing and they're good at saving money and identifying, you know, where they can spend their money, where they shouldn't. Maybe mm-hmm. then that type of person attacks their debt that has a higher interest rate first. Totally. Because they don't need that win. Maybe they're getting wins elsewhere to, you know, help their mental state. Yes. No, I think that's a great point. I do think that it's important though, you know, the same concept as when you get a raise, don't just take all that cash, but, you know, maybe increase your contribution to your 401k by a percent or two, because that's not money you had, you didn't have that money before. So if, you know, why not, you know, instead of taking it to your account and then doing something, just contribute it. Same concept. If you pay off a debt, you know, my car payment was like 290 bucks a month or whatever. Instead of now just having 290 bucks more in income or in my, you know, in my bank account, it's like, okay, I'm going to take 150 of that and maybe put that into a, a, a you know online savings account or a 401k or something. But then 100 of that, I'm going to put back towards another debt, right? And just kind of snowball it that way, I guess. But I think it's important to make sure you do that kind of stuff. What are other resources maybe that you've found? Or do you, do you have other financial literacy? I mean, they're not the most fun podcasts in the world, but... No, I... I don't know that I have any other specific, you know, debt-related podcasts that I listen to, but I know one that I do listen to is Freakonomics, mm-hmm. but that kind of covers a wide-ranging, you know, topics of just economic matters and just learning about how different business topics work. Sure. I think it's important, though, to surround yourself with, you know, materials you enjoy, too, right? I mean, it goes back to, you know, how, how much are you really, how much are you really getting out of a financial literacy podcast if you hate it probably not a ton i mean you might learn a thing or two but i think it's important at least in my mind like i said from everything i've heard it's really important to keep it simple figure out your budget 
how much cash you have after you take care of your obligations, right? Car payment, your rent, your mortgage, whatever, normal expenses, groceries, gas, and then prioritize your debt. I mean, is it that easy? Well, it should be, but yeah. what happens if you're not following your plan? Right. I mean, who do you have to hold you accountable? Mm-hmm. I think that's the question. If you're not holding yourself accountable and maybe you have you know, a significant other that's hands off and just says you handle it. Yep then I think that's when maybe you need to find an outside resource to help you. That's a good point, actually, having having someone. And I think we talked about that with Jen maybe a year or so ago, just goals in general, is having someone to help hold you accountable. And so I guess in my, you know, in, in my example, and I go back to your question initially, where if, you know, if, we, if I find myself in, in a situation where, you know, I'm not prioritizing debt how I should, or it's, I'm not seeing the payoff that I'm expecting, I'm not someone that would be able to just manage the money in our relationship without also teaching her, you know, or showing, you know, hey, let's sit down and talk about this. And it might bore her to tears, but at least I can sit there and say, here's where this is, here's where this is and that, you know. So I think you're absolutely right. Having someone there that can, you know, that can hold you accountable or at least just be a, a, a soundboard for you to bounce ideas off of. Right. And maybe... And maybe you don't want to spend the money to actually hire a mm-hmm. financial advisor to do that for you. But maybe you have a friend who's someone in business and just say, hey, without talking dollars and cents, you know, just general concepts, here's what I'm doing. Does that make sense, you know, based on your experience? Someone that, you know, has a little bit of business savvy, maybe. Totally. No, I think that's a great point. And, you know, I've got and me buy, and, and buy a bottle of bourbon or beer or something to you know, ease their suffering of having to listen to that. Yeah, right. Well, that's what, like, I know Donovan helps me with my taxes every year. I probably am a couple bottles due by now. But no, that's a, that's a great point. And really, you know, reaching out to your network to try and, you know, at least maybe like once a quarter, you know, once a year, sit down, talk through it, and make sure that you're, you're looking at things the right way. I mean, I think... I think we're so lucky to have the resources we do here at Lutz. Down in tech, we do every other Friday, we have a Friday meeting and we bring in different you know, professionals around the building to give presentations. And I think Justin Vossen was the one that gave us a presentation on prioritizing investments and smart investments and things to do with your money. And, and basically, he kind of did the whole, you know, prioritize your debt. Then move on to, you know, max your 401k and, and there's a whole priority list of, of things that you should, you know, take care of first before, you know, before you get into the stock. You know, people say, oh, should, what, what stocks should I buy? It's like, well, wait a minute. Do you have an emergency account? Do you have this? Do you have, it's like, no, no. It's like maybe take care of those first, you know, before getting to step 10. Yeah, completely agree. Right. I and mean, there has to be. A plan in place. It's not just willy nilly. You know, throw my money here, throw my money there. I yep. mean, the people that are really good at managing money—that's what they do. I mean, they develop a plan. Mm-hmm. It's not just, well, I feel like doing this, so that's what I'm gonna do. And oh no, I'm gonna change my mind and I'm gonna handle my money differently this way. Totally. That's probably not the way traditionally people build wealth, unless they get lucky. Which I don't know that that's the way you want to, you know, run your financial situations. Hope and pray. Luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, anything else on the topic of debt? I mean, we've covered things. Again, it's. I, I like to go back to the point that it's, it's relatively simple if you sit down and prioritize it. But anything else that you would leave people with on this topic? I mean, my area of expertise is taxes, right? Yeah. So, I mean, do we want to talk a little bit about impacts on your t- personal tax situation of debt? Sure. So, so do you know if, if, 
you know, you're talking about buying a house this December mm -hmm. and taking on a mortgage. Maybe next year. Or next year. Yep. In the future sometime. Yep. We'll just say that. Yep. So any idea how that impacts your personal tax return, if at all? No. I mean, I, I've got ideas, but I'd sound like a, a fool to try and explain it. Yeah. So the way, you know, the, the tax code overall is kind of structured in a way to influence good behavior. Okay. If not loopholes built in for specific causes that maybe certain politicians had had, right? Sure. But in general, you know, I think that was probably the overarching idea of, of the tax code is let's influence good behavior, right? So right. you go out and you get a mortgage to buy a house, you know, that's good behavior. We're going to re reward you with the tax deduction for that interest you're paying on that debt, right? Right, yep. However, you know, that interest may not be any benefit to you or another person because it falls into what we call itemized deductions on your tax return right? versus the standard deduction that everybody gets. So everybody gets to start out with a standard deduction when you're married of let's say 25,000 just rounding. Mm -hmm. Whereas your mortgage interest expense, that goes into this other bucket called itemized deductions. So the itemized deductions are real estate taxes paid, income taxes paid, which is then limited to 10,000 max. Mm -hmm. and then your mortgage interest, and then any charitable contributions in general. Those are kind of the three main factors. Got it. So if the total of those items doesn't exceed your $25,000 standard, Take the standard, you don't get a tax benefit right. of your mortgage interest deduction. Right. Got it. That makes sense. That's why when I talk to Joe, he's like, yeah, just take the standard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? really the itemized comes into play nowadays with that $10,000 limit. Yeah. On taxes, right? When you're making large charitable contributions, right? Or you know, God forbid, you have a bad medical, you know, event where your medical expenses are just through the roof for the year. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about student loan interest. As yep. long as your income is below a certain level, you're going to get a deduction. You know, for student interest up to a certain level, there's right. a threshold on that too. Credit card debt, no tax benefit. Nothing. So, really, no benefit overall. Right, to right. pay interest on credit cards. That one, I think, most people would say, let's just pay those off monthly. Don't take on additional credit card debt. Yep. Now, let's say you and I, we're going to go into business together and invest in real estate. Okay, so we're going to have to take on debt to buy real estate. Mm -hmm. We own it 50-50. First year, we can't find any tenants, and we're losing money like crazy. We had to pay real estate taxes still. Yep. We had to pay, you know, mortgage interest on the loan. Does that debt then benefit us in any way? And the answer is most likely yes, if we've personally guaranteed that debt, or obviously the property that we've invested in, sure, is you know guaranteeing that debt. That debt will allow us to deduct those losses on our personal tax return. Got it. Which <clears throat> may be beneficial if we have other income from somewhere else, mm -hmm. or it may not be beneficial if that year we lost everywhere else too and then we then you have no income to no income to deduct for but, you. but that's kind of a, a different situation where debt can be beneficial sure you know because usually that's how it works in real estate the first couple of years you invest in it you're going to lose money right because the expenses are going to be high you're going to have de what we would call depreciation without getting into the weeds but yep. you know just a standard deduction of you know the value of the property mm -hmm. and those items and then as you get tenants in or the building becomes fuller and, and your interest goes down, you have less depreciation, then you start making money. And so 
then those losses maybe that you built up, maybe you couldn't use them before, then they can offset it. Yeah, there was... That's, that's really into the weeds, but there's benefits to debt in the tax world. That we just sense. had a conversation with someone that was telling us about, we were talking about real estate investing in general, and and uh, who was it? who were we talking to? Do you remember? Yeah, Nick Hall. That's right. We were talking to him about real estate investing, and, and was it deferred depreciation? And uh, or, I, You know what? See, this is why I don't talk about taxes, <laughs> Adam. So, But no, I'm following you. I'm following you that, you know, if you don't make any money on that, that's gonna it's a tax benefit <clears throat> on income elsewhere. But again, it's, it's kind of back to that different types of debt have yep. different costs and benefits. Yep. And so you always have to ask yourself, does this debt make sense mm-hmm. financially? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, going back to, you know, doing what you can with your current situation, right? Not getting yourself out over leveraged and, and in a position where you're not, uh, not taking advantage of it. So Right. Because if you're over leveraged and you can't pay your debts, then you kind of go down that rabbit hole of the bad things happen to you. Right. Yeah. First, you know, your credit's going to go down if you don't pay it. Second, whoever you have the debt owed to, they're going to send a collection agency after you. Yep. And nobody's going to want to take those calls. Yep. I mean, then heaven forbid that gets worse. Then you have a repossession event, or if you have an asset related to that debt, like property, you know, they can come and seize that asset. Yep. Or there's a lawsuit against you. Ugly. Not good. That sounds ugly. <laughs> so that's why I take the approach, pay the debt off on time. Yeah. Or just make the monthly payments. Yep. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, you know, anything else on this topic? I mean, we, you know, there's, there's only so much, I think, in terms of debt. It's a relatively common topic, but it's something that's important to, to stay ahead of. Right. Right. I mean, I don't have anything else specifically. I would say it just if you're having problems, you know, a CPA is a good place to start, mm-hmm. you know, and then if you need more help, you know, they can direct you, you know, to a financial planner that's a fiduciary that, you know, isn't looking to sell you anything. That's really just looking to help you and develop a plan. Yep. Yeah. I mean, reach out to someone. And if, and if you don't want to spend any money to get help, you know, start with someone, you know, who's in your circle and that has a general idea of business and how it works or finances and how they work and just get some basic advice to start. Totally. And don't count on luck or prayers or hopes. Yeah, don't play the Powerball, hoping that's going to take care of your debts. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for, for talking to us today, and we'll have to do another one. All right. Thanks, Jack. Yeah. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.